All right, the sprint towards the finish of the transfer portal window cycle is almost at an end. Under two weeks to go. Let's find out who's going to be visiting this weekend. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for watching the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm Stephen Willis. And also, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it. Who is Brady Allen? That is the question. Like, I forget what happened on Ole Miss Twitter yesterday. Basically, first Mike Wright was determined that he was visiting Ole Miss. Um, I think Michael Borky had that first. I'm not 100% sure about it. It's nothing, there's nothing ill intent by me not knowing that. But I do know that Michael Borky had an opinion or something about Mike Wright. Mike Wright's a good quarterback. We're not going to talk about Mike Wright right now. Mike Wright it would fulfill what we've been talking about, though, for the last four weeks. And that was whoever Ole Miss brings in out of the transfer portal it either needs to be a one-year body, somebody that can step in, or a three-year project. I think Mike Wright actually has two years of eligibility. And... Brady Allen is somebody else that is coming in from a visit. I think um, Zach had that in on three. I, I think I saw saw that. Uh, Zach Barry um, had that or so. Like I said, nothing ill intent if I get it wrong or if I gave credit to the wrong person. It's just because I didn't know. I just know what I saw. So Brady Allen is supposedly coming in for an official visit. No. From the time of this episode, we are about 13 days or 12 days into the end of the transfer portal window for the winter. And nobody is going to want to delay that and go back to their school and go through to the next transfer portal window. So activity is about to jump up. Everybody needs to be prepared for that. And there's some interesting pieces that are available in the transfer portal. And one of those is Brady Allen. Brady Allen um, was four-star by everybody. He's going to be a red-shirt freshman. So it would be a similar situation to Jackson Dart at USC, except he is going to be able to get that red shirt. So she, he would come to Ole Miss with four years of eligibility to go. Every service had him as a top 200 player, as a four-star player. And for good reason. He threw for nearly 12,000 yards in his Indiana high school career. 149 touchdowns. He was the 2021 Indiana Mr. Football. And last year he threw for 4,200 yards and um, 58 touchdown passes. Like his numbers are ridiculous to think about. Now, he was the Max Preps All-American and he was um, the player of the year in the state of um, Indiana from Max Preps. So we can go back and forth over and over about that. Now, what type of player is Brady Allen, and what do we need to look for? He is, first of all, he is not Damon Williams. He is not Jackson Dart. He is not even Matt Corral. 
He is a different type animal than most quarterbacks Ole Miss has brought in. He's about six foot five inches tall, which is really tall. Um, and he's not much of a runner that I have seen, but that may be by his choice. He may have the ability to do it, but from what I've seen, he has not done it. He's a skinny kid. He, he needs the weight room. He didn't play but one game last year for Purdue. I think that was against Indiana State or something like that. I think he was behind Aiden O'Connell. All Several factors were in play, but he didn't play that much last year. So, he got in the weight room. He was like 6'5", 196, and he's going to try and bulk him up. He has a chance. He has the body to hold 230, 240 pounds, honestly. Um, I don't know if he will get there. It all depends on how much weight he can put on at one time. But he's a really intriguing pro- prospect for the Ole locker room, essentially. This is kind of a good fit. When Marcel Reed left, if you could get somebody like this, it would eliminate some of that sting from Marcel. And this isn't about Marcel. This is about the quarterback room as a whole. Because right now, Ole Miss has Jackson Dart and a couple of freshman walk-ons that are going to be redshirt freshmen. Better than your average walk-ons, still walk-ons. You need another scholarship quarterback to at least push Jackson Dart, or he is going to developmentally stagnate a little bit. Somebody like this has the tools to especially push Jackson in the pass game. He has the ability to do that. Now, what does this say about maybe where Lane Kiffin wants to go with the offense? That That is an interesting question as well. Because he's a true old-school drop-back quarterback. I mean, if you put him and Eli Manning together, they would be the same type of quarterback. You couldn't see Eli Manning running the offense that we've had the last couple of years. You you would have to tweak it. You would have to adjust it, and it would look probably more like what Eli Manning played in, even if you tweaked it and adjusted it. So we'll see exactly, if he decides to go to Ole Miss, what Brady Allen will bring to the table. Good quarterback, good-looking player, throws a really pretty football. He has all the tools about it. He was recruited by Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom will not recruit you if you cannot throw the football. Now, there's several things that could happen and can come about. He could be trying to avoid tampering the way that Caleb Williams did and follow Jeff Brom to Louisville. That, that's a possibility. Um, he could be trying to make his own way, and this could be something that is too good of an, a situation to pass up, similar to the way Ra Ra Thomas was with Ole Miss, where you, everybody thought he was going to end up at Ole Miss, but once he got to Georgia, it was too good to pass up. So we'll see exactly how this plays out in the quarterback room, because Ole Miss has two quarterbacks that are visiting this weekend that both can potentially help this team. One being Mike Wright. I like actually like Mike Wright. He's not going to be a passer, but in a running type situation, he could be very effective. Heck, you can almost come in and have a wildcat situation to where he gets five to ten snaps a game and you can take that wear and tear off of Jackson's body. I mean, there's, there's several things that can happen with Mike Wright that puts him a little bit ahead of where you think you are. Brady Allen, 
excellent thrower of the football. Has a chance to come here, sit behind Jackson for a year or two, and then compete for the starting job with DeMond. Even if Walker White comes on, the quarterback room could look insanely different, but he would have the leg up in that system to do it. So it's it's a really good situation for this. If Ole Miss gets one of the two, Ole Miss is in excellent shape. It doesn't matter which. And like I said, one in three years was a thing, two and four even better because you have basically your backup behind Jackson for two years if Mike Wright comes. And you have the heir apparent if Brady Allen comes, leading into DeMond the whole nine yards. And we're going to talk to John Garcia about DeMond um, in the third segment today. Also, he, we talk Under Armour game and what happened with Suntarian and Aiden Williams, and we talk a little bit about Jordan Lockhart. Um, so we're kind of turning the page to 2024 as well. Coming up in the next segment, we are going to talk about the other players that are rumored to be coming on campus. Like I said, it's going to pick up. There's going to be news. There's going to be bad information. There's going to be good information. You have to be really careful with everything you're hearing. But we're going to um, we're going to tell you what all we've seen online and what we think about it as well. So stick around for that. All right, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of that fat and calories? Then you gotta try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. You've got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious that you won't know they're good for you until you have one. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. And now you don't need to wait around to go get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's pretty cool. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk into the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box. With our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro, you can thank me later. That is Built Bar. That's some fantastic stuff. And if you try one, you probably you probably won't think you'll love me for it. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now, make sure to check out our brand new podcast, the Locked On College Basketball Show. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear about the big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we just talked a little bit about the quarterback position coming in this weekend. And there's some other players that I'm going to say we're interested in or as a fan base interested in, not, not as school interested in, that kind of registers a little bit. Now, first one is Jalen Catalan. He is, um, I think he might be visiting this weekend. I've seen, like I said, it's you read it online, information can change, anything can happen. So, but it's rumored that he will be there this weekend. And he obviously has a connection with Sam Carter. That is his connection. He also has played in a defense similar to this at the University of Arkansas. And we've talked over and over about the defense's need to evolve, and we think it will. But 
if you take a Jalen Catwell and put him in a box safety role, all of a sudden with him and Ladarius Tennyson and Aishim Young and those guys, you have a physical, physical hybrid outside backer, whether you want to run a 4-2-5, a 3-3-5, that is someone that can fit in that role. And Jalen Cateron has, he's gotten injured the last couple of years. And that is troubling, we'll say. But whenever he's in, he's an all-conference level player. He is a really good football player. So if you can keep him healthy, and I know, big if, you have a chance to have something really special. And we'll see exactly what Ole Miss can do with it and kind of where they sit at the moment. So, he is going to be a major player that is visiting this weekend. This will be a shorter segment because we got John Garcia for like 15 minutes. We talked about Brady Allen and Mike Wright. The other one is, um, I think his name is Caden Prescorn. And this was, again, Zach Barry. Zach Barry's doing a phenomenal job with the official visitors. Um, but he is from Memphis. He is Memphis's tight end. So if you want to talk about positions of need, coming into this season, Ole Miss had really three positions of need that they wanted to address in the transfer portal. Doesn't necessarily remember amount to how they want to address them. They just want to address them. If you looked at it there and there was a, a whiteboard of three positions that Ole Miss wanted to deal with, the first one absolutely would have been the wide receiver position. Done. Dusted. It's over. Good. The second one would be the tight end position. And that's where Caden Breescorn comes in. Now, Michael Trigg is on this team. And when Michael Trigg clicks, if it clicks between now and next year, you have potentially the most special player in the Southeastern Conference playing that position. It has not clicked to this point. So what you're looking at is an insanely high ceiling and insanely low floor. So what Ole Miss needs to do is trying to figure out a way to deal with that floor because you're not going to be able to find somebody in the transfer portal with a ceiling as high as Michael Trigg. That player doesn't exist. But if you can raise that floor, you can improve your team. And somebody like Caden Priestcorn could absolutely do that. He ended up catching three or four touchdowns passes at Memphis. He had like 50 catches on the year. Good player. And Memphis had a true freshman quarterback as well. So we'll see exactly what happens there, but that is a position that can really help Ole Miss. The three positions, like we said, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, those were musts. Now, we can always talk about offensive line and defensive line and all these things that were depth pieces become a predominant thing that you need. But as far as high-end, top-end talent, Ole Miss needed wide receiver and tight end and a backup quarterback in case something bad happens because then you're into the depth pieces. Then you can focus on the trenches. And Mike Huseman has talked about Brady Allen. Um, he, he let me know. I'll, let me tell you exactly what he said about Brady Allen because I did ask him about that. Um, no one has really seen him since high school. Um, which says something about his tools for how highly rated he is in the portal. He's the former Indiana Player of the Year, looks the part of the NFL guy, has all the tools, hasn't quite put it together yet. Granted, he hasn't been given much of a chance behind O'Connell. So 
Mike Huseman, he's working. He is the transfer portal czar, essentially. He, he knows all, he sees all. And any chance I have a chance to talk about Mike Huseman, I'm going to do it. And we're going to try and bring him on the show after all of this gets moving again so we can talk about the end of the portal time frame. It's one of those situations where at the end of this weekend, I am expecting somebody to commit. It's, it's officially go time. I'm expecting somebody to commit after these visits. I'm expecting midweek visits. I'm expecting visits all the way through until just about the 18th. And I'm expecting a steady stream of commitments off of those visits. So we'll see exactly how this goes with the transfer portal. Obviously, Ole Miss is working to try, and they've got Mike Wright coming in. They've got Brady Allen coming in. If both of those strike out on that, you have the high school kids in the February class. So... We'll see exactly what happens, and if you strike out on them, you've got the late transfer portal period where it'll probably just be a body at that point. So we'll see what all happens. We've got a couple players coming in this weekend, decent football players. And, like, Brady Allen would be a slam-dunk home run with everything that has happened. If, if Lane Kiffin is able to get him, that is replacing a four-star in Luke Altmaier who lost the job, with a potential four-star with more eligibility. It's basically like buying a year. If Jackson Dart has to stay his senior year, that's okay. You still have your guy for two years. You still have Damon Williams. Heck, I, I don't know if it's going to affect Walker White. You think it would affect Walker White, but it might not. He could be in that room as well. So one thing that we have bragged about for a long time, is the roster construction and the way that Lane Kiffin goes about building this roster. Now, using this roster, that's a whole other story. But as far as accumulating talent in for every position, he's doing a really good job right now, and he's using all available means to get there. So it is pretty cool. When we come back, we are going to talk, about John, talk to John Garcia about the Under Armour game and find out what's going on with him and everything. And we'll get to 20 to 2024 questions as well. Anyway, stick around. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. And listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. We're here with John Garcia um, after the Under Armour game. So we'll do a nice little wrap up on that, John. Sounds good, my friend. How you been? I'm doing doing pretty well. It was, it was nice to meet you over over in Orlando, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, uh, great great to see you as well. Busy times as as always this time of year, but man, you know the the two Ole Miss signees really came in and, and held their own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had so much fun at the Under Armour game. I, I think I'm gonna go back next year, whether or not there's an Ole Miss player in the game or not. I I, I just genuinely enjoyed it. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's one of those great competitive environments. Uh, you get to learn more about the kids from a human perspective, which is always important, right? We we get so locked in on what can they do, what do they do so well, um, you know, almost uh, dehumanizing to a degree. But always good to see the kids and their personality, especially with recruiting behind them. There's an ease to how they navigate uh, that week because they don't have to deal with, for the most part, hey, you know, where are you going for college? All that stuff is is behind them, especially with uh, with Perkins and Williams. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, Sontarian Perkins, he was the hyped player for Ole Miss going into this week. How did he do? 
Oh, he did great. Uh, he he really flashes, man. It's just you don't have to be looking for Centarian Perkins to notice him making plays on the field. I thought in coverage relative to his size, bigger kid, right? 6'3", 215, 220. Uh, he held his own against smaller, faster, shiftier running backs and tight ends. But really where he shines brightest is, of course, you know, 11 on 11. When it's when it's a real game simulation, that's where number 10 really kind of jumps off the screen or in person, you know, jumps off the field there for you. He recognizes so well and the explosiveness that he utilizes when he triggers, when he knows where he's going is really second to none. And uh, among these fellow, you know, all Americans, everyone's good, right? Everyone's good at this event. And he still finds a way to stand out. There were a bunch of screens and swing passes and outside plays to where he is just flashing and getting there before everybody else, including defensive backs in some cases. And then obviously coming downhill, working against the run. That's something that we saw him do so much there at, at Raleigh High School uh, in route to that state championship. We saw it again, Alabama, Mississippi All-Star Week. Uh, he, he really has capitalized on a great banner about as ideal as it could have gotten senior season and postseason. So, yeah, Perkins, I think, cemented his status as not only the highest ranked Ole Miss signee, but a guy who's, you know, you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find him outside of, I think, the top 50 no matter how you rate or rank players nationally, whether you're us at SI or 24-7 or ESPN Rivals, whoever it is, I, I don't envision how you could have this kid outside uh, of your top group of players. He's that good right now. And his frame and athleticism tells us there's still room for him to improve to a large degree. Uh, so I think you bet on his ceiling just as much as you'd like his floor. Yeah, seriously. And everybody's going to talk about Centarian and what he could bring, but – the early part of the Under Armour practices, you could really see the skill players flash a little bit more. So Aiden Williams kind of caught my eye, and his hands were as good as anybody out there on Team Phantom, and he, he is just really a smooth player. Polished, right? Yeah, just the, the floor here is is extremely high with Aiden Williams. He's got the size. He's got the polished ability to run routes, put great concepts together. You mentioned the hands already and and the speed at his size. I mean, he you, you think about A.J. Brown coming out a couple years ago and you look at Aiden Williams, there's not a huge difference at the high school level from a size standpoint. But, but what's crazy is that Williams appears a little bit more polished. Now, again, A.J. is his own level of freak that developed into that to a high degree and he's still doing it on Sundays. So I don't want to put two lofty comparisons on Aiden Williams, but again, the floor, the polish here is just as steady as it gets at a legitimate six, two plus uh, about 195 pounds right now. Again, just not the type of size that we typically see going into the, the college level. So I think he's ready to go right now for Ole Miss or really wherever uh, he, he could have potentially signed. I think that's about the biggest compliment we can give Aiden Williams. So those two, not only held their own all week and made plays all week, I think they they satisfied and, and cemented their status as probably the two best Ole Miss signees in this class. Yeah, absolutely. And and in the Armor all, Under Armour All-American game, the one target that Aiden Williams had was against Carmani McClain, and Aiden yeah. Williams absolutely cooked him. I mean, he was a yeah. bad pass away from a walk-in. Um, yeah, there. yeah, a bit, bit of a double move. And that's where Aiden mm. really excels, right, at the top of the route. It's one thing to be the fastest guy, the biggest guy at the catch point, the strongest guy. But when you win at the top of the route, now you're talking about 
the homework, the technical work, the stuff that you do behind the scenes to win uh, against the unanimous number one corner in the country in any capacity is a big deal, uh, and especially when you're doing it at the top of the route. That means technically you're better. And I think that's where Aiden Williams really excels, that, that route running in particular. Size is great, speed is great, hands are great, but the route running ability is really what separates Aiden Williams as, as kind of not only a can't-miss prospect, but a guy who's going to see the field early in Oxford. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's turn our attention to 2024. Ole Miss has two commitments so far in the 2024 class. The first one is a quarterback. We we talked about Marcel Reed for 2023 all year, so I imagine we're going to do the same with Damon Williams. He's out of Bash out of Arizona. He is a quarterback that is of stature that now of stature of a Bryce Young, uh, but interesting interesting player. Yeah, I mean, you could argue he's a better athlete than Bryce. A lot of similarities in terms of their ability to move laterally, both in the pocket and outside the pocket. There is no issue with Williams making plays with his legs. Again, not always to run, although he certainly can run, but to set up the pass. I think in that regard, there are some similarities with, with those two West Coast natives, but it's the arm for me. I mean, when he sticks his foot in the ground and fires it, there is a lot of juice coming behind the football that will probably remind you a little bit more of a Matt Corral type gunslinger mentality that then a Bryce Young both can work obviously at a very high level uh, but when you think of the old misfit that's where you get even more excited about Williams the more that you actually watch him and then on top of that the experience is really critical here, in my opinion. Great ball is played in Arizona, especially at the quarterback position. This is a kid who started since he was a freshman. So you're talking 8,000 yards, 80-something touchdowns already to his name before he begins that that always pivotal senior season. So uh, there's a lot of experience, athleticism, and pure arm talent on display. Some of the stuff that that he puts together off script is – it's kind of mesmerizing. You know, I think he's he's going to give you some ooh-ah moments on both ends of the spectrum, I think, you know. But look, one interception as a junior. So it's not like he's reckless with that amazing skill set of athleticism and arm strength. He is still careful and calculated with the ball. So his arm suggests he could be a gunslinger type, but his production suggests that he's actually more of a very efficient and playmaking productive quarterback. So uh, hard not to like this get for Ole Miss. We, we, like you said, we talked about Reed all cycle. He flipped to AM at the very end. So there's, there's an onus now to really hit in this class of 2024 from the high school ranks, because it's not something we've seen Lane Kiffin do in quite some time, which is kind of surprising the more you think about it. So uh, that's, it ups the importance of landing a 2024 QB early in the cycle and trying to maintain him now throughout the rest of the, the 2024 recruiting cycle. But, um, you know, just critical, critical for Ole Miss to, to hit on this position and build early a bigger, better class than they were able to put together in 23. Yeah, and I don't know if you know this or not, but, but is DeMond Williams the type of quarterback that has, for lack of a better word, coattails? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's got he's got a cachet next to his name. He's a guy who uh, is well known. Again, you can't be a, a productive starter as a high school freshman at quarterback and build upon it every year like he has without uh, grabbing some additional attention. So I do think he's a galvanizing force for other players to con consider as they look, 
at the Ole Miss Rebels, particularly on offense. I think he's a guy who you th start thinking about wide receivers and running backs in that class, and you feel better uh, about that trajectory with a guy like this on board. Uh, he's extremely positive. He's a vocal player. He's a leader. I think he's a guy who can galvanize the recruiting class both publicly and privately. Marcel Reed was more private in those efforts. I think Damon Williams will be more public in some of those old Miss recruiting efforts. And that's just as important in a lot of respects. So I do think he's critical on and off the field for, for this class of 24. All right. And one more on him is as he goes through the camp circuit and all that, that's about to kick off. Do you think this is a type quarterback that maybe we'll see in the elite 11 finals? I do. You know, this is a guy who the elite 11 circuit is built to make players uncomfortable. And a lot of that efforting has to do with the footwork and the athleticism, the ability to push you outside of the pocket and outside of comfort zones where when you play seven on seven, you're just kind of sitting there dotting everybody up. They want to push you out of those zones. So naturally those dual threat quarterbacks who are legitimate passers have the best advantages in those scenarios. So I think that's where you'll see a huge, uh, a huge step forward for Damon Williams. I mean, you think of the players that the Elite 11 staff have selected as their MVP the last couple of years. It's Jackson Arnold, dual threat quarterback, Caleb Williams, dual threat quarterback, guys like that who can really move and display arm, ta arm talent simultaneously that really galvanize th that circuit. So, yeah, I, I think because of that desire to make you uncomfortable and make you move, I think that plays right into DeMond Williams' strengths. And, yeah, I think we'll see him make a push uh, during this offseason, which is always the most critical for quarterbacks, right, between junior and senior year. We're, we're going to hear a lot about him, and, and I think he has a chance in what's shaping up to be a strong quarterback year once again to be a top 10 guy. And that's about as, as good as you could have asked for from an Ole Miss perspective. Yes, and John Garcia is brought, he, he brought to you like he is always by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. John, let's move on to um, Jordan Lockhart, who has a brother that is on the team at Ole Miss. Jordan has been a commit for almost a year. Um, I, I'm not sure about the high school. I think he's Bosco. He is Bosco, um, yeah. Uh, and so there's, there's history there. There's players that come out of there all the time. Talk about him a little bit of as a player. Oh, just explosive. Uh, a guy who might not have the complete skill set as a Centurion Perkins, but early on, again, just a class of 24 guy, you see the flashes. Uh, first of all, to see the field at St. John Bosco is a big deal. This is quite literally the number one high school program in the country. I think they just won the mythical national championship. You know, they beat modern day again. Uh, so this is that program, not only on the West coast, but really nationally. And for a large portion of this season in particular, they won with defense. So Jordan was a big part of that at the second level. He played inside, he played outside on the edge and he just works incredibly well coming downhill. He's a seek and destroy type of player, whether it's rushing the passer or, or coming downhill on a running back target. And, and when he gets there, that's where you say, uh oh, because he's got this explosiveness in short area quickness that really uh, helps the ball carrier move in the other direction. So I, I think that's where combined with his effort, he really shines. So now when the technical stuff starts to come together, 
And he's dropped into coverage. He's played those underneath zones relatively well from a read and recognize standpoint. But when it all comes together from a technical standpoint, I do think he could be a potential three down linebacker type. Uh, and the frame is great, too. You know, I probably should have started there. Legitimately 6'2", 6'3", well over 210 pounds at this point. So he could project a little bit bigger than Perkins by the time he actually gets to Ole Miss. So that could be fascinating for his position projection and that potential, depending on how big he gets. Could he grow into an edge? Could he grow into that type of player that plays closer to the line of scrimmage full-time? Certainly seems like a possibility, but even if he doesn't, he's got some two-way ability moving forward and backward there at the second level, and he's going to get even more experience, obviously, within that great St. John Bosco scheme as a senior in 2023. Yeah, now that you brought, it, brought that up, um, at practice I did notice with them moving Suntarian around to where he played actually some Mike. He played some Sam. He played some Will linebacker. Them moving, that versatility is going to help him out as he goes to Ole Miss. Is Lockhart, does he have that same three-position type um, ability or is he more of a Mike and a Sam? I think he's probably more of a Mike and a Sam. You know, he's dropped into coverage uh, considerably to this point. But again, underclassman, now a junior, as he gets bigger, I think he could potentially play his way uh, out of those positions. And he's, again, he's so strong coming downhill. Perkins, you can kind of just say, hey, go do this. And he does it well, regardless of what that ask is. I think with Lockhart, there's so much more strength working downhill. So that will probably end up relegating him at the linebacker spot to the middle or that Sam, that strong side position. Or again, I, I could easily see him growing into an edge, full-time edge, when all is said and done, because those players are more hybrids now, right? They're a little bit smaller, a little bit shiftier than they once were in the four, three days of, of yesteryear. So I do think that's a possibility uh, as well. So there is still versatility with Lockhart, but comparing him to Perkins is, is a little tough from that perspective, because Perkins just has so much two-way ability, instincts, and athleticism that enables him to play anywhere at that second level. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available in this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. John, thank you so much for your time. Um, as this 24 cycle gets going, I mean, we'll just start doing it again, right? <laughs> Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care.